Zach, you always have to be prepared like a Boy Scout. <laughs> I was uh, I, I didn't make it past Weeblos. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. I never joined any outdoor boys group. I I got my got my arrow of light in Weeblos, oh. and I said, "Fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> wow, like to defeat Ganon? Yeah, it's uh, I, fuck. I don't, dude. I was this like fifth grade. I don't remember this stuff. Yeah, it was I, all I remember was that it was like the the highest like. I'm going to get correct on this. It was one of the highest badges you could get in Weeblos, which is like pre-Boy Scouts. Yeah, it's pre-Cub Scouts, actually. If no, I, recall I think Cub Scouts no. is before Weeblos. Okay, though no, you're right. Oh, man, th- this whole thing is is uh, ancient history to me. <laughs> I was definitely a Boy Scout, uh, but I never made it to Eagle. Uh, I never tried that hard, uh, but I had friends who did. I made it to Eagle Scout by uh, getting really drunk at a bar and then um, uh, reenacting the scene, many scenes from Scrubs, uh, where my best friend uh, jumped on my back and went, Eagle! And then we ran through the street. It's <laughs> pretty great. Where's the scout part? I scouted for parked cars so I didn't hit them while I was running. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, and welcome to episode 35 of the Co-Hops podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, as always, and thank you to everyone who's been there from the start, which, uh, as of when you're listening to this, was uh, almost two weeks and a year ago. Uh, <laughs> March 23rd was our uh, our anniversary from our very first episode releasing. So oh, excuse me, our anniversary. Uh, thank you. Wow. We're just we're just a bunch of beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We emerged from the pod to uh, go back into the pod for the thirty fifth yeah. time. Exactly, or thirty eighth, depending on if you count our special. It's fine. <laughs> nobody count. Nobody cares about our specials. Oh, uh, apparently. But yeah, uh, we have a fascinating, possibly upsetting beer to ring in our anniversary this week uh and zach you chose this so why don't you uh describe what you're inflicting on us well first i have to tell you i did not actually choose this this oh. was i provided it to you but this was chosen by a coworker. i was sitting at my desk one day and i said hey pick a beer for us to drink in two weeks when it's my turn to pick again and she goes okay and then sends me a text of a bunch of them, and I went to Elizabeth Station, and I couldn't find any of them. Nice. And as I was about to leave, I turned around. <laughs> Gary, your face. <laughs> I'm tasting properly. Continue your story. <laughs> I, I can't tell what you're thinking about this, but you're thinking a lot. Anyway, as I was about to leave Elizabeth Station, I turned around to leave, and I saw the banana bread beer, which was one of the ones that was suggested. So I ran over to the to the cooler and there was only two and I was like fuck. So I bought both of them and then I went back uh, this weekend after I uh, stopped by Garrett's house and found they had a bunch more that restocked. So we were able to do it. I was very happy because I was worried they weren't going to have any more. <laughs> but this is banana bread beer, 
and that is the name of the beer. <laughs> it's it nice is and simple. By Eagle Brewery, which is from England. Speaking of eagles, they have on their website they have a bunch of fascinating other beers. Like they have a sticky toffee pudding beer. Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds yeah, it sounds very English. Is what it sounds. It very much. It so. does, and it sounds like perhaps a more natural fit for beer than banana. Uh, perhaps I've been poisoned. My brain has been poisoned by Beer Master <laughs> Chip, speaking of eagles again, uh, who has uh, informed us that a banana smell slash flavor is one of the signs that you've done something wrong when you're brewing beer. And so I expected this to, to feel rotten, um, but it's actually not not that bad. I, I can't say I dislike this. The description from their website says, an inspired brew made with our own natural mineral water and fair trade bananas. Tempting banoffee? Banoffee? Is that like banana coffee? I don't know what that is. Uh, I believe that is a region in England. <laughs> I could be wrong. That's really stupid. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, <laughs> banana, I'm thinking <laughs> banana and toffee. Ooh, maybe it's that. Maybe it's banana and coffee. Maybe it's a region. That's less exciting. Well, I don't really... Uh, oh, so it is... I'm wrong as well. Um, it is bananas and toffee. Boom. Uh, oh. It's not a region. I'm the dumb one. It, uh, But yeah. there is an English dessert called banoffee pie. Oh, interesting. Also, you're, you're going to, you know, challenge the resident banana expert, Zach. What were you thinking? <laughs> I didn't challenge you. I know my banoffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I? So tempting banoffee aromas and flavors are balanced by the silky richness of a masterful malt blend and the peppery spice of the freshest, ripest hops. Peppery spice. I've never heard hop flavor described that way. I don't think I have either. Uh, this beer has a 5.2% ABV and it's listed as a flavored malt beverage slash large blend on the bottom. Uh, lager blend. Lager, uh, excuse me, lager blend. <laughs> do any do any glasses? Are we discovering this live on air? <laughs> I can't. Apparently. The text is tiny. Jesus. Well, you also have a blinding screen. Like Zach looks like a vampire right now. It looks like he, he's just completely washed <laughs> out in the glow. Or an angel. Uh, we're talking about maybe Zach. more vampire. Yeah. Okay. Uh, specifically, a banana vampire. <laughs> banana fire there you go <laughs> nick's got it i'm a little sad their their color here isn't listed in solid rat molecules though it's listed in ebc's whatever that is uh, english butter caramels <laughs> i was <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and then they also have ebus which must be english, english bitter, bitterness unit bitterness right? units <laughs> yes that's the yep. color ebc English English butter chestnuts. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Worth noting, the hops used are Challenger and Styrian Goldings, for those who care, because I don't know what those are. Yeah. With lager and crystal malts. No, you mean large malts. Large, yes. large malts. <laughs> large Florida ounces and solid rat molecules make up oh. this tasty banoffee beer. And that's, that's banana and coffee for the uneducated. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds awful. A banana and coffee beer? 
It kind of does. No, um, but this, the more I drink of it, the more I like it, actually, because it is light like a lager. It's not super heavy. And I think I expected something much more stout like. Yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the like bready flavors and like bready uh, suggestions that I think of when I think of beer are heavy beers. Um like the uh uh what's it called the brother Thelonious comes to mind as one that was pretty bready and it was very heavy yeah if this uh, one this is... if this one was like heavier then i don't think it would be very good but no. i think it's like the perfect mix of banana flavor but i also just i like bananas so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me are are you the one who wrote this beer advocate review i picked out i didn't i didn't read it I haven't even looked it's, at it yet. Well, it's by Banana Man, oh, which shit. is entirely why I picked it. Maybe I'm yeah. like Moon Knight. Maybe I have a, an alter <laughs> ego and, and called Banana Man, <laughs> and I just write beer advocate reviews about banana banana flavored malted beverages. Banana Man, na, 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 na. <laughs> Banana Man. I even have a theme na, song. Na, na, na. Okay, this is totally yep. canon now. Uh, Garrett's alter ego is Banana Man. Banana Man. I think you need to read this <laughs> review. You do as the resident Banana Man. So uh, I rated this, apparently, a glorious 2.44 out of 5. Um, <laughs> it is a little bit deviant from the normal reviews. It's about, you know, 31.1% under the normal or the average. <laughs> but, you know, I, I stand by it. Uh, look for, smell 3, taste 1, feel 375 <laughs> Overall, 3.5. Notice how I just grazed over the taste because it doesn't, you know, I just kind of steamrolled it over. It's okay. It's okay. And, uh, of course, we've already established this. uh, Resident alter ego of Garrett, uh, banana underscore man. As soon as I saw this beer on the Wegman's shelf, I believed the heavens had smiled upon me. Immediately, my mind was filled with dreams of the potential contained in this beer's flavor. The following month was a blur as I patiently waited for the perfect moment to peel the cap and enjoy an incredible lager. But lo, this was my greatest disappointment, far greater than old yeast. This beer, this accursed beer, is not flavored in the vein of banana bread. Instead, it follows the flavor of bananas. (laughs) Beware your buds. The toasted, spiced experience of a cold winter day will not be found in this mockery of alcoholic mediums. Dare I say it, the yellow-bellied brewers in this company could not tame the nostalgic dreams of banana bread's past. That said, if you like bananas and lagers, you'll have a good time. <laughs> I think this person wanted the beer that we were envisioning. They, they want the bread part more than the banana part, it sounds like. Yeah, and and that they their expectation, like their hopeful expectation was my fear. And <laughs> so I'm glad we got the version that's actually good. Yeah. But too bad for this person. Exactly. As so it was foretold. Uh uh, let's see here. If you like bananas and loggers, you'll have a good time. Uh Nick, are you an enjoyer of bananas and loggers? I am. Uh, so Zach, are you an enjoyer of bananas and loggers? I am, in fact, an enjoyer of those things, yes. Well, this personality of mine also enjoys bananas and lagers, so I think that we're in agreement that this beer is pretty we're, good. We're all having a good time. And yeah, I think I think it has enough of the banana bread flavors. Like, it has some spice to it. Uh, it's not, just a hint. not totally just bananas. Just a, just a little bit. Just, I mean, it's, it's not seasoned. totally bananas? 
<laughs> but I do like, you know, tipping up the glass and like smelling, not drowning myself, but like taking a quick sniff before I <laughs> I drink because it's, it's not advised that you inhale You're through not your... waterboarding yourself <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the banana bread beer. <laughs> Don't inhale through your nostrils as you banana try to boarding. drink. Yeah, but banana boarding, man. Mm. But it is oh, quite God. tasty. I I I am I am thoroughly enjoying it. Let's, yeah, yeah, this is great. I the I I think I was hesitant to admit that I was wrong, but uh, <laughs> but this is actually really really excellent. You hear that, Chip? You couldn't even you couldn't even taint Nick. <clears throat> I was I, I must interrupt. I forgot again about my dad joke, so I'm googling this on the fly. Oh come um, on, that's lazy. Uh, uh, are you uh, looking for banana themed dad jokes? maybe are are you um are you just gonna start singing hollowback girl <clears throat> where do you learn to make banana splits i don't know zach where do you learn to make banana splits in sunday school oh that's a i was going one. like fruit gymnastics class like <laughs> what <laughs> no <laughs> that's pretty good no, it's it's bad. It hurts every week. <laughs> yeah, you had a reprise last week. I really like. Um, I really liked uh, the non-binary samurai joke, uh, especially in light of the new Guilty Gear that just came out. Who is a non-binary person with a scythe? Uh, there's Ooh. a lot of slashing. It is delightful. Um, and on that note, uh, we'll move on from the beer and come back to it later if we have any further thoughts. Um, but I would like to move on to what we've been playing and collecting and everybody has played something, which is amazing. Holy shit. I played a game. Yeah. So on, on that exciting note, let's start with Zach. So Garrett and I, uh, we were busy all of Saturday with a tournament and and Sunday. Yeah, I was there. Don't leave him out. Well, sorry. We were busy running it. He was playing. Yeah. And, uh. And then hanging out because I lost horribly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But hopefully yeah. you still had fun. But I did. Sunday, I was like, I'm not doing jack shit today. And my wife was very kind. And she took took the kids to the park for a few hours so that I could just chill. And I loaded up my Xbox and went to Game Pass. And I was like, I have to play something. Like, I need to talk about something on the show. <laughs> and so I went on my phone. And I Googled short Game Pass games. Because I was like, I want to beat something. I don't want to just play it. So I, I started and finished a game called Donut County. Which, I don't know. Maybe it's just the circles that I am in online and the people I read. But I remember this game getting talked about a lot when it came out. Do, yeah, did same. either of you have this? Yeah, absolutely. It it was it was the talk of the town um, for a while. It is. It was like... Um, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of the uh, the exact phrasing, uh, but oh, something know. along the lines. Uh, this this was not the exact phrasing used, but uh, the sentiment that I got from the descriptions of it was left wing Katamari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I That's funny. I heard I saw a lot of like things of like oh promising preview indie game and you know and and I'll I'll have Zach talk about the. Um, the actual gameplay but yeah I, I heard a lot about it before it released and then when it released uh to me it just kind of was like a fart in a concert hall 
It just kind of, <laughs> you know, it was heard for a short second and then just dissipated into the wind. Uh, there's just... It's it's kind of akin to, like, Untitled Goose Game mm-hmm. in that way, where it was, like, talked about a lot leading up to its release, and then it released, and it was a thing, and it was cool, and people moved on pretty quickly. Well, if Zach can beat it in a it, couple hours, then, then yeah. I yeah, it was like it. a two-hour yeah. game, maybe. Like, it was pretty short. I'm astonished that I have not finished it, honestly. It was interesting. Like, I texted you guys when I was playing it. I was like, I don't know if I'm having fun with this game or if I'm just playing it. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> the the general gameplay is extremely simple. It's like the a hole opens up in the ground and you suck things up. And when you suck different things up, your hole gets bigger and you can suck bigger things up. And then there's very mild, like, puzzles that a five-year-old could solve. And Yes. It's, it's very lightweight as a as a game. Yeah. And between the levels, it'll cut to the inside of the hollow earth where all of the people that you've sucked up from your town are sitting. And they're all bashing the shit out of this raccoon who was in charge of the holes. He's the mm-hmm. hole driver. And yeah, it's... It was like, okay, there was a couple of funny moments. Nothing really made me laugh out loud. Uh, the thing that annoyed me the most is that it, the dialogue seemed like it was written by like a 13-year-old girl. And <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Like, they would... I kind of get the appeal, but I think for me personally, it just wasn't the type of game I particularly enjoy. That being said, I finished it, so maybe it was better than I'm giving in credit for, or maybe I was just being stubborn and wanted to finish it. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I never actually ended up finishing it somehow. I got like three quarters of the way in at least and never never quite got around to to the final stretch. Uh, I think that was like <laughs> one it. sitting. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I remember liking it. It it does have a very cutesy sort of style, um, but the story it's telling is a little more interesting than that, and has themes about like gentrification and the way that uh, like large or or at least outside influence can reshape the way that small towns function. Um, Nick, I think we've established I'm too stupid to understand these (laughs) themes in games. I take them at at surface value. So for me, it was a story about a raccoon getting getting angrily yelled at by his neighbors. So so wait, (laughs) that's fair. Is the whole is the whole a metaphor for like a big corporation? Basically, Mm. there's so these raccoons are. Why didn't they call it corporation um, hole? (laughs) That would be great. Corporate asshole. They could call it. They could call it corporate asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these, these raccoons are, uh, it, it's been since this game came out that I played it, which was like four years ago. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but these raccoons own a donut shop, uh, and people order donuts and the donut that is delivered to them is the hole in the ground. It's it's the black hole in the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and so these raccoons are basically eating up the neighborhood for, their own gain uh it's Hmm. it's it's a little abstract it's very abstract and very strange uh but it's uh it's cute and like the aesthetic of it is very cute uh which is kind of an interesting mix with this like relatively serious theme but also it's presented in this really funny way what's the uh what's that walking simulator that was really famous dear is it dear esther 
Yeah. I was like, sounds man, right. that sounds like a really cool concept for a game, but also I don't want to walk around for three hours and just like read stuff. <laughs> so Yeah, you know. I think there are there are much better versions of that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like um uh in fact one that Ben Esposito, who made Donut County, worked on uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, is really, really excellent. Is um, that the teenager? Definitely. Uh, yeah, so it is. I, I, I'm pretty sure this is shown. I don't. Okay, I don't want to risk spoiling it, but basically, there is a teenager returning to her family home and exploring the history and the like, the stories of her family. Oh uh, no! Wait, I was thinking of Gone Home. My wife played Gone. Oh. My wife played Gone Home. Gone Home, I also like a lot, and that was by the team that made, uh, or at least the creative like writing team uh, that made Minerva's Den, the Bioshock Two DLC, hmm. and Tacoma, and Tacoma. Tacoma to is also Tacoma. great. I have it on like three different things. <laughs> um, Gone Home and Tacoma are two of the only walking simulators I've ever played and enjoyed, because I find a lot of them to be quite boring, but those two really uh, grabbed my interest. Uh, funny enough, Gone Home was published by the same company that published Donut County. Indeed, Annapurna. And so uh, was, uh, actually, so was What Remains of Edith Finch, so. Yeah, hmm. yeah, Annapurna is kind of like the A24 of video games. It's these, like, boutique, artsy little things that, uh, they also have a pretty excellent track record, like like A24. I can't think of an Annapurna game I've really disliked. Mo- um, most recent one that we would have discussed on the show would have been 12 Minutes. Oh, that's true. Oh, I never I still played, that. played that. It's got such an yeah. amazing cast. I think we we maybe talked about it in maybe our E three episode or something when they when they showed it off. But we were all excited about it, if I recall. <laughs> and nobody's and played us, it. Yeah. Nobody bothered to play it when it came out, despite being on Game Pass. For yeah, free. too too bad it's not ten years old, or that could be our next way too late. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Way too. We're oh, a little bit too. Oh, late. new show idea. Way too soon, and we just review new games. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody right on time review. Yeah, so, somebody asked me. They're just like, "Well, why don't you play this game?" Or I, th- I think it was some. Yeah, somebody was listening, and uh, they're mentioning, or they were mentioning us like shit talking a game that Nick's about to talk about. Um, oh yeah. But it's like, oh, why you guys just like completely shit on it? And I'm like, what? When did we shit on this game? This game is amazing. We just said nothing but good yeah. things about it. Yeah. I don't think anybody pl- said anything negative about it. But you know who you are, Barry. <laughs> We're, com- we're coming for your ears. All of four people in existence know who that is. That's fine. If you know, you know. Uh, if you don't, you don't know Barry. Mm-hmm. So that I don't really have much more to say about Donut County. I don't think it's the type of game that is my style, and that's probably why I didn't get much enjoyment about it. Obviously, what Nick was saying about the story, I got absolutely none of that. So <laughs> he's yeah, it's very abstract. It's it's very. Uh, you kind of have to look for those themes or else it's just kind of like a cute little game exactly about a raccoon being screamed at by his neighbors. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, before we get into what you guys have been playing, Garrett, go ahead. We just finished recording and I will hopefully have up soon our uh, March way too late review mm-hmm. and it is your turn to pick. Mm-hmm. Let's cut in here because I forgot to put it in the outline. What are we playing next? We are going to be playing Dead Space. Um, yeah. Excited. Spooky ass game. Excited for, well, one, excited for Zach to play a spooky game because he's not, he's not a spooky guy. Um, uh, 
And this is a game that manages to be successfully kind of spooky, despite you having a lot of power. Um, yeah, you're you're not helpless at all, but it's still kind of frightening. Um, I I have a lot of affection for this game. It's from the heyday of EA having interesting original projects that they were when EA was still sort of good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was this this moment, this like couple year period with stuff like Dead Space and Mirror's Edge, where people were starting to say, man, is EA coming around? Are they like doing original things? Are they going to be a good publisher of fascinating video games uh and then they just started doing sequels to those games and floundering them and it was all bad yeah i'm uh i'm pretty excited we had quite a few games that i really wanted to play and uh dead space just seemed to fit because it can be completed pretty quickly and there are there were some action games which i won't mention because they might be used for the future but um i wanted to play an mm -hmm. action game really bad but the couple action games that i really wanted to get into were like 16 20 hours um dead space is like if you're taking your time about 10 11 hours so a little bit longer mm -hmm. than spec ops but also one of those things that once you start playing it you you kind of get absorbed into it. Um, the deeper, the deeper you get in, the more interesting the story gets. And um, I mean, it's been yeah. years now since I played it, so I'm not going to remember all the story beats, but um, topical EA is remaking it. They're, they're doing a whole remake for the original dead yeah. space. And so I'm nervous and excited at the same time. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so I figured, Hey, well, this is coming out at some point in time. It's one of my favorite games. So uh, we'll be playing and doing a deep dive on Dead Space. Yeah, and I'll I'll mention too that uh, we are going to be returning to Planescape Torment. Yes. It will be the one after this, and so be the, if May, you, the May episode. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to get a head start on that uh, to play along with us as well, that's another one where there's a lot of interesting stuff that. I would like people to experience themselves before we spoil it by talking about yeah. it. I think I'm not going to save scum anymore. I think I'm just going to make the choices and go forward. I think that's what was like hanging nice. me up before is like, I wanted to see all the paths all at once. And so, Oh yeah. And you really can't, no, you, you can't. And so after you explained that in our last way too late review, I was like, okay, I'm not going to like FOMO it. I'm just going to play it. I'm going to play it how I want to play it in the moment. And unless I die, obviously go back, but, but oh, sure. um, yeah, I'm just going to cut through it and, and try to play it. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think dead space will be great in the meantime. I also love that game and it has a momentum to it. Like you were saying where mm -hmm. it, it keeps you going in a way that torment kind of doesn't like that. It's so open that it's easy to feel yeah. disjointed well it's also an action uh, game and it's like it just starts uh it just starts throwing shit at you and the combat is like a puzzle you know so yeah. that makes it fun um but i know that zach hasn't really played it and we're gonna get super into it so i have never even started this game but i own all three of them well <laughs> so, i want i want yeah. you i want you to finish this game so that you can finish uh, way too late that I that I've been a part of because I know that you finished Bioshock and I know you finished Chrono Trigger, you did not even get that far <laughs> in Killer Seven and you got like two thirds of the way, not even you got up to I got, got over up, over fifty percent. Yeah, but, but you did, you uh, didn't even get to the best worst part, which like 
I mean, go listen to our review when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, li- listen to yeah. the review when it comes out. I won't. I won't get into that. But like Zach's face, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't be a dork like Zach and actually play through at least chapter eight, at least chapter eight before you listen to our review. Perfect. Well, yeah. uh, detour aside, that's all I got. Donut County, me for yeah. from Zach from Zach. Yep, makes sense. I'm a little warmer on it, but. That said, I didn't even finish it, so uh, I yeah. So I got one up on you, Nick. <laughs> Zick, Indeed, Zick. Zach hate played it. So Zick. yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like fusion. it was kind of hate playing. Yeah, honestly. you were, you I was were like, talking shit about the game the whole time. I'm like, why are you not playing this? You like showed me that you were loading up Dead Space, and I'm, I get it. You like you wanted something to talk about, but I'm like, you could play anything else. <laughs> you continue to torture <laughs> yeah. yourself. Well, my my whole goal of starting it was I was like, this game is two hours, like. I've got three-ish hours. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to play this game from start to finish in one sitting, which is what I did. And, uh, yeah, it was probably hate playing. You could have worked on your Blanca skills, man. Yeah. Mash punch. (laughs) It's down, down. (laughs) All right. Got to make the electric field. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Blanca, actually, I don't remember if Blanca's in this game. But, Garrett, why don't you talk about what? You slash we. I, I thought you were talking about your game, but I was like, no, uh, he's not. Yeah. Blanca, <laughs> he is, Blanca not. is definitely in that game. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> he is if you make him. <laughs> so we were uh, at this uh, tournament uh, this weekend, and um, Zach was judging. I was just the, the numbers guy organizing some stuff, and Nick was playing. So um, between rounds, uh, Nick came over and sat down, and I'm like, hey, I've got my Switch. Like, we're going to be here for a while. Why don't we play this uh, this game that I bought for eight dollars on the Nintendo eShop? Because yeah, I think we were looking for a game, yeah. and I said, "What's this?" And you said, "Great, we'll play." Yeah, it. so it, it, <laughs> it originally came out on the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which I never had and honestly never heard of until I bought this game. Uh, and it's called SNK versus Capcom Match of the Millennium, and it is awesome it's so fun like i came home on sunday (laughs) and played it for a couple hours i still haven't beaten arcade mode because i'm starting to learn this is my first like snk game that i've played and snk bosses are known for being incredibly hard and frustrating and the boss on the route that i took was uh evil ryu and it's just awful fireballs that, that blast through everything um the computer reads all of your inputs but yeah, we sat down and uh, it does a really cool thing. So it's emulated uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color. So you play two player. So these were little handheld devices like Game Boys. And then you would like link cable them together and then you could play. So what it does is it shows two separate little mini screens. And then when you play multiplayer, you pick your teams and everything. And then it merges the screens together. So it looks like you're playing like you're just playing a match together. Because it would be kind of annoying to watch two little teeny pixelated screens on one screen so i thought that that was a especially because they're showing the same yeah and and i thought that that was a nice touch and i actually found out that this game didn't only come out on switch it's also on pc and it's also eight bucks on steam as well yeah i think all of these arcade archives because this is from the um i believe it's hamster uh is doing the port work on these but it's from the arcade archives i don't think that this one is oh no no so no it's um i could be i thought it was but anyway hamster has done a lot of arcade archives or aca neo geo 
uh, games where they're re-releasing old stuff that used to come out in arcades from things like fighting games like King of Fighters 98 to stuff like Metal Slug. Um, It's funny that you mentioned Metal Slug because one of the first things I got on my Switch digitally was the Metal Slug like re-release is like eight dollars or something yeah and it ran from the same so series. bad like oh. it caused my switch to like lag oh, wow. <laughs> it's like uh, like this game is from so long ago how are you causing frame rate drops in a switch i don't understand this that's fascinating i haven't personally had any problems with any of the aca games uh big tournament golf was one of the early ones that i uh that i picked up great game um, that was a lot of fun um, oh, it, yeah, it was Dimps. Dimps made this one. Dimps. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for checking it's on, on that. three platforms. Neo Geo Pocket Color, Nintendo Switch and Microsoft Windows. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super cool. Um, it's got a pretty large roster for a, a small game. And um, for those who didn't know, like just like me, the Neo Geo Pocket Color has two buttons. Well, Four, mm-hmm. including the shoulders, but the shoulders aren't used. You have a punch button and a kick button, and then you have your little like D pad deal, and it's surprisingly deep because you can play one v one. You can play uh, team or sorry duo, which uh, you can swap Marvel versus Capcom style. You press back in both buttons, and it swaps out the characters. Or you can play team like uh, King of Fighters, and you pick three three fighters, and then you fight and then if your fighter or their fighter is defeated it starts a whole new round uh the victor gets a little bit of health and then you start fighting the next one so um and it's got a ton of unlockable characters and i actually looked up i'm like how do i unlock all these characters it is gonna take a very long time (laughs) uh I did the same thing because I, I bought this after we oh, nice. played it and have been playing it a little bit myself. And I thought, I want to unlock all the characters so that we mm-hmm. can have them available to play next time we play. And oh, God, that's not happening. No, it's yeah, you have to beat arcade mode, which is really hard, which is quite hard. Um, even I think it's Orochi Iori uh, is the boss. I think you get the boss for the side that you are not playing. Right. I played as Hamaru, um, so were you playing? which was a mistake yeah. because he's the hardest character because he doesn't actually have combos. I looked yeah. up a guide and it was like, yeah, yeah he's the worst character because, well, he's super powerful with his sword and his supers are really powerful, but he has no combos. So there's no like pressure. And I tried for like a half an hour to beat um, Evil Ryu. I beat <laughs> Geese and Bison, but I could not beat Evil Ryu. Yeah, yeah, I um, I haven't been able to beat Orochi Yori either. Um, I played as Morrigan, who seems pretty solid. Um, I'll have to you'll have to send me that guide. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm very curious about how these characters function. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really brutally difficult. And then uh, when you finish arcade mode, depending on how hard the difficulty was turned up to, you get um fewer or more blocks randomly assorted uh that like fill in on the next unlockable character from the opposite side to what you played Mm -hmm. uh and so once you beat arcade mode a few times more depending on if you played it on an easier difficulty you'll fill up the block and unlock the character 
Um, and then you have to do the one for the other side on the matching side before you get another one. It's a big ordeal and it'll take forever and I don't think I'll ever do it, but it is a shame because this game is cool and I'd like to see the whole roster. Yeah. Don't you love old games where it was so hard to unlock characters? It's I mean, like you have to play through tournament mode 14 times on the hardest difficulty with this character wearing the black costume only. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? How am I ever supposed to figure I that mean, out? I get it, but also at the same time, you know, those those games, those Neo Geo games were really expensive at launch. And yeah, for this Hundreds. for this being as simple as it is, the roster is massive. I mean, bigger than most modern fighting game, like fighting games on launch. And then you also have like eight ish unlockable characters. It also has like an Olympic mode, which I haven't tried yet, but it's like you pick a team and each character has like a, a bunch of different stats and you do a bunch of different quote unquote Olympic events, which are not actually mm-hmm. fighting. You use the fighting moves to like, move the character and do these little events um apparently that mode like corresponded with some card battler that you could like transfer data to it's very confusing yeah but one of the suggestions for unlocking characters was to like do what do a bunch of olympic mm-hmm. mode and then trade with your card battle game and unlock the characters that way like that sounds like a lot of work and also probably something that you can't do in the switch version yeah um, and i have you guys but, looked uh, if the Switch version has any like cheats built in for you to be able to easily unlock? Oh, uh, you know what? I don't think it I does. didn't look, but I looked, <laughs> but it's possible that I didn't look hard enough. One thing that is really interesting is you know, I, again, I never played a Neo Geo, I never had a Neo Geo, but playing this game makes me kind of want to discover some of the catalog and not go Zach and like buy a Neo Geo pocket color and try to hunt down these really expensive games. But um, oh, SM- that reminds me, Zach, do you have a Neo Geo pocket? I wish. Oh, that's <laughs> um, I do. They not. have um, uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color selections, um, so they're like forty bucks. They have like ten plus games on them, and they're on Switch and they're on PC. And with the Steam Deck coming up, I'm in Q2, so uh, mine might ship starting sometime between April and June. Uh, this is something that Ooh. I might end up picking up because. Like I said, I do I emulate things that I can't reasonably get, but I will definitely pay for official re-releases of things. Um, I will I will pay because they allow me to um, continue to play these old games that I don't want to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for. So um, yeah, may, maybe made me a Neo Geo fan. I was just I was just so impressed, you know, playing Game Boy Advance games and especially Game Boy Advance Fighters, and then going to this. It was so impressive. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. And there are a bunch of um, there are like King of Fighters mm-hmm. R and R2 uh, that are on the Neo Geo Pocket. Um, oh, yeah. Samurai uh, it, Showdown. It seems to use a lot of the same. Yeah, I think there's even a Last Blade. Yes, there game. is. Yeah, um, it's in this collection. Um, SMK yeah. Gals Fighters, Samurai Showdown. Oh, two, that too. King of Fighters R2, The Last Blade, Beyond the Destiny, Fatal Fury, First Contact. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking right now, and Match of the Millennium, cartridge only, is about 50 bucks. Okay. The Card Fighters Clash is $28. But what I did see here, Garrett, I don't know if you know this exists, is for the Nintendo DS, there's SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters DS. Hmm. Hmm. How much is that? 
Uh, it's only like thirty bucks complete. Wow, so not too bad. Find it. Make it. That's make it interesting. Happen. I have a three. I'll add it. I'll add it to the list. Add it, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh. Yeah. Interesting. Um. I'll I'll mention briefly. I've been playing some more King of Fighters 15, which is a lot of fun, and uh, its its final boss is pretty frustrating, but not nearly to the level of of this game for sure. Like it's it's doable even if it's kind of brutal. Uh, uh, and but they are adding free DLC of Omega Rugal, the uh, boss from I believe it's King of Fighters 95, uh, and they they have uh, in the trailer described the boss encounter that is available against him as the cpu from hell oh my gosh <laughs> um, and and you unlock a new costume for so you can play as him uh and you unlock a new costume for him and a new stage if you beat dang him, which is pretty neat and i'm gonna try it and i'm not gonna succeed but we'll see how it goes well zach um, uh card fighters clash is actually on the switch eShop for eight dollars so i'm just gonna do that uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, is that the same game though? SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash. This is just Card Fighters, is all it's called. Mm. I, I don't know if there's a difference, mm. but I'll have to see. I'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll do some research. Um, but yeah, in the in the meantime, uh, I imagine at least Garrett has maybe been playing a little bit of the game that I've been Ugh, playing. I played it super uh, late uh, one night and got really frustrated and had to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I have had kind of the opposite experience where I have finally reached a point where it's starting to click or where it has clicked for me. Uh, and that game, to finish leading everybody on, is Elden Ring, everyone's favorite souls game uh du jour it's we we were talking about it at work today and one of our dealers who is he frequently comes into our office he not a was... drug dealer i'll say a car dealer <laughs> car dealer let me let me clarify for people who don't know what zach does he deals <laughs> drugs for a living uh yeah the drug dealer comes in and <laughs> we're talking about elden ring and he goes yeah i've got like a hundred hours in that game <laughs> and i've never heard him say anything personal in the entire like two years he's been coming to us so <laughs> it, was, it was very funny that's great it's the great uniter elden ring seemingly it is it is amazing to me how many people who are not traditionally into souls games are getting into this and enjoying it and i think the open world like Garrett has said, the freedom to be able to just fuck off and do something else if you get stuck is so, so critical to that. And like it kept me playing it when I might have gotten frustrated. Uh, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this last episode, but uh, there is a uh, maybe I'm just getting my conversations confused and I talked to someone off air about this but um there's a boss that i encountered maybe three or four hours in uh that i got stuck on uh and i would i just went and did other stuff and about 13 14 hours later i came back and beat them finally i would come back and try for a little bit and fail and think well i should come back when i can do more damage or take more hits or whatever and uh and so once I got past that boss, I had a little bit of more time struggling and getting stuck. But since then, I've been able to kind of cruise through a lot 
of this game. And I'm at about, I want to say 28 hours in. Um, and there are three or there are six like major overarching bosses that you have to defeat at some point. And I have no idea what's after that, but that's the quest that's given to you. And uh, I have only defeated one of them so far, but I've encountered another one. Um, and, uh, and I've been exploring the world and it's just so satisfying and so fun. And it just, it really feels like it takes all of the best things about all of these souls like mm -hmm. games, uh, soul, dark souls, demon souls, Sekiro, uh, bloodborne and makes a, a really beautiful parfait out of, out of Bar all the, parfait. all of the elements. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah i still like the game i just i think it, it was late and and oh, yeah. so i was like okay and it can be yeah, frustrating this, this is, like some it's like this is the only time i'm gonna be parts able to of play it. and so i i started playing a little bit and i started exploring which is one of my favorite parts of that game and then i went okay maybe i should go back and like do the main path because i kind of have an idea of what the main path is and I just ran into a section where it's a really there's no the game is really generous with with um, checkpoints, but in this particular section, yeah, it's like 10, 15 minutes of like fighting people and getting through stuff, and there's still no checkpoint. So like the four times that I died in the same area, I had to run through, and there's no way to run past the enemies in in this particular section. It's in the castle, and. I okay. just I died and died and died and died and died and was like okay like I need to take a break because it's also one yeah. in the morning and I don't usually stay up this late and I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, the castle is kind of brutal and like there is a boss that keeps you from getting into the castle that I got stuck on for a while. That's the one I was talking about. Um and and then the castle itself is also still kind of difficult. Um but yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting variety once you get past that or if you go like off to the east there's a bunch of interesting stuff and or off to the south there's some interesting things too um yeah it's uh it's just great there's so much to explore mm -hmm. and so much to find and so much like mystery and I was worried from the way the game started and how much more talky and more direct it is that it wouldn't have that same air of like mystery and strangeness that the the regular Dark Souls games have. And it, it, it doesn't lose that. It is a little more direct with you about the story and like the consequences of your actions and the reason you're doing the things you're doing. But um but it's it still has that sense of wonder of like what the hell is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> like what are what's going on in in this like little society? So I have a question for you, Nick. Yeah. Twenty eight hours in, have you discovered the land octopus? Uh, so I think I know what you're talking about, and I think I was expecting that it was Same. a boss, and it was not, and it no. was not a boss. Um, no, it's just some dude, some creature walking like around who just fucked me beak up. And it's just writhing. It's like, <laughs> and it has like 800 yeah. tentacles, right? And it, it's really big. And there are also some little ones that yeah. are like it that are nearby. They yeah. Around. Yeah. So those things show up from time to time. I still haven't killed the, any of the big ones yet, but the big problem with trying to fight them normally or like early in the game is that they really don't take a lot of damage they take like 23 uh damage from 
hits from my regular weapon that was doing like over a hundred or close to a hundred at least to other targets. Um, and now I have a weapon that does magic damage as well mm-hmm. as physical damage. Uh, and that has helped a lot because I think they're just resistant to physical. Have you damage. found the beast master yet? Uh, the, I think the so. character that takes the death route as like a currency Yes, that I have. So that's cool. cool, and I also like the character that they... leads you to them as well. They have a very interesting armor. I can't tell what's real and not. Like, do they have four hands? Is that like an actual head? Like, yeah, it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like a hand bra sort of yeah. thing, like those goofy <laughs> Spencer's uh, novelties, where it's a bra that's shaped like hands. Um, it's kind of like that. But and there's but there's another face. character, like it's a hand holding a face. Yeah. And then there's in the armor, there's like an arm that's like wrapped around, but you can't quite tell if it's attached or if it's like an ornate piece of the armor. It's very interesting. It's it's really fascinating. There's a lot of really cool armor and you get access to a lot of it. Um, There is another character that hangs out in the the sort of uh, chill room that you unlock eventually that you can go like basically the round table. Um, uh, and there's another character in that room that has an, a uh, set of armor that has like bones stuck to the outside of it. Uh, so there's like a creepy skull on the front and they're like the arms and fingers have bones along them along the outside of the armor that just looks, it's terrifying and very mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I am looking forward to finding more sources of death root so I can interact with that character. Yeah, I've gotten, it's pretty, gotten pretty three so far. And he was like, he was like, bring ooh. me more and then give me a bunch of rewards. I was like, Ooh, I guess three is a good number. <laughs> give me- wow. I only brought one. I brought the one mm-hmm. that, that got me access to the guy saying hey <laughs> you seem to be good at hunting this death route why don't you come hang yeah. with my crew yeah i found a couple bosses and that's the thing is like i love talking to people about the game in like weird things because we're not trying to spoil it for each other but if you know you know and then you go wait you did this yeah oh i didn't do that i did this oh shit okay yeah and like you can go in so many different directions that's the cool thing about elden ring in particular is that i'm sure if i showed you my map uh it would have places open that are not open for you and vice versa um because we just did different things in a different order um yeah it's it's very cool i look forward to playing more of it it's definitely got its hooks in me uh i started playing stranger of paradise final fantasy origin a little bit which is uh, fun also, but not not nearly the the masterwork that Elden chaos. Is. So I'll I'll play that for fun. There is so much talk of chaos; it's amazing. Shut um, up. Let me listen so to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I have not gotten <laughs> to the Limp Biscuit part yet, but I hope to soon. That's one that I'm going to wait for a sale. It's currently on PC. It's only on the Epic Store, and I'm not you know not oh, that yeah. I have a problem with the Epic Store. It's just most of my libraries on Steam and. So I think I'll just wait. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I do appreciate that it does things with the uh, DualSense controller fu- functions, the um, the HD Rumble. I I know that's <laughs> not what it's called. I think it's like haptic feedback or whatever, and the trigger function. It does things with those, which I appreciate. 
because Elden Ring does not. It's one of the few things I I can say that is negative about that game. Um, it's, it's well, the Stranger of Paradise does it but, make it feel like you're actually crunching crystals under your fingers? Uh, a little bit. It just stabs um, your fingers it, constantly. Not not quite, but it does get pretty aggressively rumbly when you do one of the crystal mm, kills. Okay. It's, you're doing it's suplexes fun. and backbreakers and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, like ripping open the jaw mm. of a big wolf and crystals sprout. Yeah, it's everywhere. like uh, you know, Dark Souls meets WWE. Yeah, meets like Devil May Cry. It has a lot of Devil May Cry kind of style. Yeah. Team Ninja, smoking sexy style. I like as Team it Ninja, were. so I'm I'm excited to ch- check it out eventually. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. But uh, speaking of the PlayStation. We have some big news to talk about in lieu of a question this week, uh, because there is just too much to this topic to also fit a question. Um, And yeah, Zach, as the person who uh, brought this to our attention specifically, why don't you introduce the uh, the new face of PlayStation? The new face of PlayStation Plus is that uh, Sony went under. They're no longer making any games. (laughs) <laughs> Spider-Man has returned to Disney, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it's been a good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it. See? Garrett nailed it. First exactly. try. Wow. I, just all from all from memory. Sorry, Sony. It's been a good <laughs> run. The, the PS5 is now the Marvel box. <laughs> it's now mm-hmm. owned by Disney. Oh, God. What a horrifying visage of the future. Disney games are not good. Well... Uh, so this episode will release about a week after this news will have broken. So if you are in the know, you probably are aware, but this news broke today, uh, for us recording. And that is the PlayStation plus changes. So I've got a little snippet here from their article on blog.playstation.com that says this June, we're bringing together PlayStation plus and PlayStation now in an all new PlayStation plus subscription service that provides more choices to customers across three membership tiers globally. So this is their Game Pass competitor, basically. They've got their Essential tier, which is the lowest tier. It's $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year, and it is PlayStation Plus as it exists right now with no changes. Same same pricing, same everything. Yep, you still get the two games a month. You get your online play, but you don't get access to any of the new fun stuff. Which starts in the extra tier, which is fourteen ninety nine a month or ninety nine ninety nine a year. You get everything from the previous tier, but you also get a catalog of up to four hundred asterisk of the most enjoyable PS four and PS five games, including blockbuster mm. hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog of third party partners. And they are downloadable for play, which is important because I remember that the PlayStation Now streaming was absolute dog shit. So I recall that being the case as well. So I'm very, very happy. That yeah, that was my big concern when I saw this. I was like, man, if it's just streaming, it's it's not good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm slightly worried that they have not said anything about what the games specifically are but we'll, they did we'll they have... said they're blockbuster uh-huh. hits such as knack and <laughs> knack 2 <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Definitely those games. Those are definitely going to be a part of it. So you can basically consider it to be 398 of the most enjoyable. Well, so it's the 398 <laughs> unreleased Knack sequels. Oh, oh man. Can you imagine the the massive Knack universe? Exactly. All the various types of objects you can make oh, Knacks God. out of. It'd be the Knackiverse. <laughs> <laughs> so the final tier here is the premium tier. It's $17.99 a month or $119.99 a year. You get everything from the previous two tiers, but you get 340 additional games, including PS3 games that you can cloud stream and a collection of classic games for both streaming and download from the OG PlayStation, the PS2, and PSP. But you also can do cloud streaming for PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games, um, where PlayStation Now is currently available. So if it's not available in your area now, you're probably SOL. But yeah. And the final thing, which it, you get demos, basically. Yeah. You get time-limited games. It's like what, EA, what was it, EA Play uh, used to do. It's like if you had the premium, then you could play Madden for an hour as like a demo. But it wasn't a demo experience. It was you play the full game for an hour. It was the yeah. full game. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's... That's interesting. This is the thing that makes me especially interested in this uh, because the special thing about Sony to me is their history and how they've been around for mm -hmm. longer than uh, than Microsoft has. And so their back catalog is more extensive and there's more uh, in addition to having a portable console that has some kind of interesting a few kind of interesting things trapped on it. Dissidia. Um, I, this is such this is as the Patapon. Patapon is great. Yeah, Patapon's pat cool. Patapon. Pon, pon, Patapon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. It's going to be burned in my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, Patapon is cool. There's some some weird little stuff like Death Jr. that I have fond memories of. There's uh, Twisted Metal Head On is not terrible, uh, despite being a car combat game a genre which is categorically and terrible. the monster hunter games uh, yeah that's true absolutely uh if you want to go back into the history of monster hunter that's that's the way to do it um, i i think the most interesting catalog for the premium here is the ps2 catalog yeah being able to play those on an hd system without having to fuck with converters or you know the there could be some very expensive games as well that they can make available such as uh, like a, an example that comes to mind is like God hand, right? Like that's a pretty yeah. prohibitively expensive game that could just be included be. in this. Yeah. And those it's worth noting. Those are games that have existed uh, as downloads like God hand in particular. I have a copy of digitally on my PS3, uh, but you can't get that on the modern consoles. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's going to be good to have access to those. And the idea that it'll be part of a subscription service makes it a lot easier to check out the history of games and check out stuff like God Hand that might be difficult to justify shelling out the hundred mm -hmm. some dollars that you have to do to get a PS2 copy of it. Um, it's it, it lowers the barrier to entry and lets you explore things without having to commit resources to something that where a lot of the value is its collectability. Or I know that you two are probably uh, potentially excited that 
maybe you can play uh, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions on a modern system on yeah. your TV. That would be cool. Yeah. I do have a um, PlayStation TV, so I can do that anyway. But well, look at Mister Fancy over <laughs> so here. So me yeah. and you can already, you know, say uh, Xbox fanboy, whatever. But when I think about the infrastructure of them setting this service up, like I think that this is really cool. Like first, let me say I think that this is really cool, and I think that Sony, you know, they took away a couple of their marketplaces. They shut down online service for for PS3, and they were like, "Buy your digital games now because they're going to go away forever. You're never going to be able to get to them." And the fact that it's kind of leading up to this type of service is awesome. You can go really far back in that catalog, and there's a lot of games. I mean, we're talking about nearly a thousand games like a couple hundred not even that many shy of a thousand games being on offer for 18 dollars a month which is a pretty good value yeah minimum 740 which is three quarters almost three quarters of and you know that they're gonna continue to add i mean you look at the i mean even the switch nintendo arguably has the worst online service and the worst online value so fucking bad but they continue to pump out old classic games even for systems that they didn't even like the sega is on there the sega (laughs) the genesis Genesis. is on there like what um yeah can nintendo just buy sega already god damn somebody buy sega i thought microsoft would buy sega but (laughs) so like me you know i thought they had right (laughs) i was like but uh, that was that was just yeah I I just put things together. I think what I was thinking is Microsoft has bought mm-hmm. a ton of stuff, and also Sega bought Atlas a while, a while ago, yeah, a long, a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought that was a reason. That's I was why like, Wait I like a second. Sega published Persona Four. Uh, I don't think that's true, but they did pr- publish Persona Five. Mm. Eh, whatever, but yeah. They they might have <laughs> published Golden. Oh, so they published Golden on the PC. Yeah, that, that's the one. Um. Because, yeah, I don't think the acquisition had happened when Golden came out on Vita, but it did happen by the time it came out on PC. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that, that's that is correct. Looking so the the thing that really concerns me is that, like my co-hosts have mentioned, uh, PlayStation Now is hot fucking garbage. It's so it's bad. so bad. The input delay is so bad. Um, the PlayStation Go was so bad. A- everything. Everything about their online service is not strong. I mean, even coming down to their their servers. I mean, they have um, a restriction on they download have, speed yeah. and and upload speed. Um, I mean, they reasonably they have to consistently the most frustrating yeah. online services to to deal with from a like speed perspective. Yeah, there are all the jokes about like. Yeah, just set up this game to update and then come back a day later. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I mean, like, because you have, like, in terms of console subscription services, which people who primarily play PC, like, hate because they're like, I have to pay to play online. Like, that that concept does not make any sense. (laughs) You know, you have Xbox, which is far and away Microsoft, far and away the leader. I mean, it's Microsoft. They have cloud technology they run business you know the the underlying software that runs businesses around the world i mean they've been the leader since like the original xbox when they debuted xbox live but like in the ps3 and 360 generation the ps3 network was just a joke 
And everyone was like, but it's free. It's like, I'd rather pay $50 a year <laughs> yeah. for this service that actually fucking works. And, and then, <laughs> and then, I mean, talking about modern services, so you, you mean, obviously we still have Xbox Live Ultimate or whatever they call it now, um, which also has Game yeah. Pass and blah, 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 blah. But to say that Sony is second is like, man, it is not even a close second. It is so, I think it's so far behind in features, um, not just talking about game availability or Game Pass, but... The different things that you can do, um, the level of service, the amount that it gets, that it goes down, and the speed of your downloads, and then very far behind that you have Nintendo. So they're almost yeah. in like three <laughs> completely different categories. So me, I got really excited about this, and I was like, oh my god, like I can play some of these games. Like I saw Returnal. It's like at at launch we plan mm-hmm. to include titles like Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider Man, Spider Man Miles Morales, MK11, and Returnal. I was like. <gasps> Ooh, I can yeah. play Returnal on my PC. And then I reread it and they are not going to, uh, oh wait, no, they are going to do PS5 games to the PC. So I got excited, but then instantly got bummed thinking that the same cloud technology that was behind play- PlayStation now is going to try to deliver these high end experiences, which are the ones that I really want to play. But you know, we, we won't know until it actually comes out, but my hopes are not high that it's going to be to the level that game pass is right now. Well, one big big thing about Game Pass streaming is, I mean, you've talked mm-hmm. about it, how well it works. I think I may have mentioned how well it mm-hmm. works. And this is being advertised as you can stream games to PS4, PS5, or a PC. That's it. No mobile option, no web browser option. Mm-hmm. Those are, are features that I think are really, really great for Game Pass. I mean, just today you were like, play, de- uh, play Dead Space. And I said, I'm, I can't. And you're like, just do it on your phone. Yeah. I was like, I should. Yeah. I could. I could. Yeah. Like, I totally <laughs> I could, could. You know, and that's kind of crazy. And it and it would work well. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like, it, it took a while for it to work well on Wi-Fi, the game streaming. But like, once yeah. they updated their hardware, and they're like, our data center is essentially the equivalent of when you log in to play a game, you're playing on an Xbox Series X, and you pay a subscription yeah. amount yeah. now. I mean, that's what happens when you got Microsoft fuck you money. Well, <laughs> yes, and, and yeah, you have real. the infrastructure to back it up. Like, I don't right. know. Sony, like, Sony is a big tech company, but not in the same way that Microsoft is a big tech company. You know? The, they're big tech in a different way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Microsoft ha- has the, like you said, the infrastructure mm-hmm. specifically in servers, which is a hugely important thing for streaming games. Well, maybe if they hook up enough, like, really nice uh, movie studio quality cameras and they, like, da- daisy chain <laughs> some of their 8K TVs, OLED TVs together, maybe they'll have enough horsepower to, you know, deliver one nice PS5 experience over the network. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because, yeah, like Microsoft has been for quite a while a services company. And I th- I think that is where the future mm-hmm. of of a lot of things is. And uh, I think they've gotten kind of ahead of the game. But but also Microsoft has shown itself to be willing to put a lot of money into establishing a reputation yeah. for excellence. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a big difference where. Sony is working to create good products kind of like for the sake of them. Like they have these incredible film cameras and TVs and things, but Microsoft is very specifically looking at what do people want? What can we give people Mm -hmm. that will make them happy rather than what cool thing can we make? I think it's, we've maybe stated on this 
uh, show before that Microsoft seems to be making all of the right pro gamer moves, and I don't mean pro as in professional, but like for <laughs> for the gamer moves. You know, they're it seems like they have their end user in mind with every move they make, but they're also looking to make a profit in the same mm-hmm. time. And so far, they've been able to walk that fine line of being able to deliver a product that is extremely good and provides everything that most users want but also they're like making money hand over fist in the process so it's like i don't know how long they can walk that line for but it seems to be working right now well i'm trying to look up how much xbox game pass is for so it's 14.99 a month if you wanted to pay money and that's the ultimate which right? is ultimate and that is which gives you pc and xbox PC, and xbox xbox live, xbox live and and, yeah, and xbox mobile live. That's what and I browser do. you can literally fire it up on anything yeah. that has a browser that's chrome or chromium based um and and play them now i mean their catalog is much shorter i mean you're you're looking at a hunt it says 100 yeah. plus games um and and things fall out of yeah. it with relative they frequency. do they do rotate also. and ea plays a part of it and then now ubisoft is a part of it too um although not as heavily yeah. advertised and also it's like a lot of co- competitive shooters and uh as you've heard me talk about same open world games but um yeah you know so there there definitely is building the value of selection i mean they have seven times the catalog that yeah. it's gonna have so i can i can see the value in that but when i look at the service I don't think that the service adds up to that. I think that they should have com- they should have priced this way lower. I think it should be hmm. way lower just because of the the streaming because it's it's a Sony product for Sony people, you know. And and I don't think that it lends itself to being outside of any platform. And Xbox doesn't even care about selling you a fucking Xbox anymore. They're like, pay for our service, you can play it on anything. Like we don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the reason that I think this is fine and I think this is a reasonable deal is that I'm never ever going to use the stream. Yeah, I do not <laughs> yeah. care. I I don't I don't care about that at all because I don't care about cross compatibility with other systems. Mm. I will be doing this on my PS4 or PS5. Yeah. I mean, realistically, my PS4 because my or my PS5 right. rather because my PS4 is uh, in my mom's custody <laughs> now with uh, only the instruction that she never delete PT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got a base PS4. I don't plan on buying a PS4 Pro. And at this point, there's no compelling reason for me to purchase a PS5. So my perspective is heavily skewed in like the, okay, this is a cool service. If you don't own a Sony console, how is it going to be extra cool for for someone who doesn't own one of those consoles? And and I don't think they care at all about selling this service to people no. who don't have a PlayStation. No, I don't think so. Which is the direct opposite of what Microsoft wants to do. As Garrett said, you know, they're they don't care about selling you an Xbox, and it's still the point where people I know are they're like, why would I buy an Xbox? I have a PC that's good enough, and I can just subscribe to Game Pass and get whatever they put out mm-hmm. and. There are a few exceptions of things that don't come out on PC that are Xbox exclusive, but those are so rare. I mean, Flight Simulator is the only one, and then they came out with it like three months later. But yeah. it was the opposite. It came out on PC first and then and then went yeah. to console. Yeah, because it's such a PC-focused yeah. concept. Like, you can't... It's it's much more uh, likely that you're going to hook up a whole, like, HOTAS setup yeah. to your computer than to your Xbox you just don't have the USB the, ports. 
the other point I wanted to address, Garrett, you were talking about how there's seven times as many games on this, but it's yet to be determined the quality of yeah, said games, right? right? We kind of alluded to it earlier with the knack jokes, but like honestly, these could be just trash games. We we have no yeah, idea. The percentage of ones that are worth like like it's cool exploring the history, but is it is does this include the history that's worth exploring? Is it like Square Enix Capcom? Yeah, we, like Hopefully. I might pay for that. Are we going to get the the Grinch for PS One? Are we going to get like Metal Gear Solid? Like what what are we getting here? You know we yeah. so that'll be that'll be a big determining factor of whether this service is worth money is the quality of the games. Like Game Pass doesn't have a hundred percent success rate. There are some bad games on there, but yeah. overall, a good chunk of those games are high quality and very playable. Yeah, and and very topical at times. I mean, you're looking at day one releases, so I'm curious. I'm oh, curious right, to yeah. see if in the elite tier or whatever the, the highest tier is, if all yeah, premium. All, premium, all the Sony Studios games, like uh, PlayStation Studios games come out day one, right? They have said yeah, they're are not. Are we going to get God of War 2? Oh, they said they're not? They've already said they are not okay. doing that. Um, mm. which, which, I mean, it, it's just a totally different philosophy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I think the seeing the catalog is going to be the make or break of whether this is worth it but i do think it it is i am tentatively sold on the premium tier just because there are so many interesting and really difficult to come by games from those generations and from those consoles and if those are included or if enough of them are included like there were enough things on the TurboGrafx 16 mini to get me to buy that like <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to pay for a few weird old games uh, as long as I don't have to pay the price to have the original copy. That's outrageous. Yeah. I currently pay for PlayStation plus and Xbox ultimate. I'm, I'm with Nick. I think if, if this service offers a ton of really cool games that are prohibitively expensive and difficult to get working in modern context, then I'll, I'd be willing to bump my service up eight bucks a month. Yeah. Like that's really not that much money. You know, I'm already paying 10 bucks a month. What, what's 18. Yeah. So I'm that's I'm, I'm in a wait and see approach de- very dependent on what games. Yeah. Get and, totally. and me personally, I'm on subscription burnout. The only reason that I have game pass <laughs> ultimate is because um, it came with my series X. So I, I hey, bought it and got super lucky and it was like, Oh, this is a bundle. I think that they sent me the wrong one because <laughs> I paid normal price for it. And when I activated it, it was like, claim your free two years of ultimate. And then I, I called my friend Kevin and <laughs> nice. I was like, man, did you get two free years for buying an Xbox? And he goes, no. And I go, me neither. And then I hung up the phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Kevin, you've been betrayed. Nick, did you? <laughs> I didn't. I feel like this is some shit. Yeah, so I mean, like that's the reason I have it because I I've come to realize just like you know the boom of um, video streaming services, I have so much selection, you know, and and I I share logins like uh, with a rotation with family members, right? Like we have Amazon and Netflix, and then they pay for oh and HBO, and then they pay for Hulu and Disney, and I don't have a whole lot of time to like sit and watch and yeah. and you know enjoy the good content much less all the filler content that's in there of any of these streaming services and you do get like a wide selection but i think that for me personally uh, this is one of those things where i would pay the monthly fee to be like i'm going to play this game this month 
because the selection yeah. is grand and I really dig it. And you do get a discount for subscribing, which is part of the whole like business scheme of it. But this is going to be like on a month to month basis with me because I can barely play like three to four hours of video games a week. So having two like streaming based subscription video game services <laughs> with all these video games on it, it's like selection fatigue, man. Like I just I I'm probably not going to. I get it. that. Yeah. And that's it's similar with me, like the the time constraint thing with uh, with Xbox Live Ultimate um, I, with Game Pass there. It's been quite some time since I've played a game through Game Pass, but I've stayed subscribed because it's worth it to me to have have the the access to it and to know mm-hmm. that I can um, play those things and play Xbox games online. And like if if I if I choose to, I'll be able to. And I have a feeling that this will be a similar thing. Well, I played Donut <laughs> County on Xbox yeah. Live hey. Game Pass, or I keep I keep saying Xbox Live. I played Donut County on Game Pass, and I installed Dead Space through Game yeah. Pass, so I'll be getting good use. Why out of didn't it. you uh, try to play Tunic, man? Tunic is like yeah, I I did. Yeah, I I didn't want to talk about it because we were trying to limit to oh. one thing, but I did play a little bit. You of could Tunic. have talked about playing Tunic instead of Donut County. No, but I finished I finished <laughs> Donut County, and I want to talk about how I hate uh, played oh, it and I didn't like it. Oh, all right. I get it, but I did play some Tunic. Tunic's cool. It's yeah. hard. I'm I'm curious to check that out. We'll have to all talk about Tunic eventually. <laughs> but the last thing that I want to mention, um, uh, as far as things that have come from this, is that uh, I I'm fascinated by the uh, the fact that PS3 games are only available via cloud streaming, which tells me that yeah. there's something so bizarre about the PS3 architecture <gasps> that it's just impossible. It's called the the cell processor, yeah. my guy. Yeah. yeah. That shit was weird. And it's why stuff like Uncharted 3 is like miles ahead of anything else that you would find on that console because Naughty Dog knew exactly how to work with the cell processor. And from what I recall... Um, hearing like uh, John Bellamy cowboy from one of the lead programmers at Naughty Dog talking about it. Uh, the stuff they were doing was like programming certain functions to be allocated to certain cells, uh, like certain cores of the processor because they were next to each other. And so that the data would transmit faster between them. And it's just like incredibly specific, totally wild genius galaxy mm-hmm. brain stuff. Um, and, and so when you work with it and play to its strengths, it's incredible, but it's just so specific that it's, yeah, it's fascinating, fascinating stuff. That reminds me of the frostbite engine and how all modern developer, I mean, dice, I think dice created it and then EA paid so much for them to develop it that they're like, all of their games are in the frostbite engine. Every, like all of their sports games are in the frostbite engine. Mm -hmm. Um, All the dragon age games are in the frostbite engine. Like, that you I mean every Capcom game is in RE engine it's the same thing and that that engine's incredible so I'm not sad about it but 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 the frostbite engine was so hard to work with and like to train people to do it and it was it was built by another company and then moved over (laughs) and then instead of going hey I want to use UE4 they're like fuck you you're using frostbite and they're like I guess I'm going to have to learn this. I mean, it's the, uh, the sunk cost fallacy. Jason Schreier has a great uh, article uh, expose on Ant- the rise and fall of Anthem and Frostbite Engine murdered that game. Absolutely oh. murdered it. I, I'm i pr- 
pretty sure, speaking of Jason Schreier, I think in one of his books he talks about how the forced inclusion of Frostbite put a huge damper on the development of one game because that game was developed, I think, for Battlefield. And so it was like a first-person shooter engine that they were like trying to mash a third-person RPG into. Dragon Age Inquisition. It was, yeah. I think so, yeah. So they were... They were just trying to, like, every time they try to do something, they would have to build a new aspect onto the engine because it wasn't designed for that type of game, and it was just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, really puzzling. Yeah, so fascinating stuff. We'll see how this transpires. I think the big thing that all of us are waiting for is the actual list of games. But, um, yeah, pretty pretty exciting. Uh, starting in June, it'll start rolling out regionally. Um and uh we'll test it so. and talk about it so yeah. if you know yeah we'll, we'll definitely test it uh i'm sure we'll I'm in. throw down 20 bucks <laughs> to, to try it out and see how it is and get our <laughs> at least for a month yeah, yeah yeah we should each try it on a different platform like nick ps5 zach ps4 pro and then i'll try it on pc I don't have a PS4 Pro. Then um, <laughs> just put some extra fans on your PS4, and <laughs> and then you'll <laughs> make it fly. You'll get the noise. Well, I guess you can put you some can extra fans on yeah, my you airplane. Can do it on your PS4 because the disc drive is broken. Ah, yeah. There, there we go. go. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So they're hopeful to have the rollout done globally by the end of the first half of 2022. So that's mm. uh, uh, quite. So I'm I'm thinking because. To me, June, like the end of June is the end of the first half of 2022. I'm assuming this is fiscal 2022, which would mean around the start of fall. Hmm. Maybe hmm. so. Hmm. Uh, or the, the middle of fall, rather, the start of approaching winter. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think we have had a good show and a good beer. I am really enjoying this. I've been drinking it slowly because I've been talking too much. But um, I see you—you you have both finished Mine's it. Mine's gone. Mm-hmm. It good. Yeah, it was—it was solid. It—it it didn't. Man, I really don't taste the bread part of this. It just tastes like a lager with some bananas mushed into it, mm-hmm. which I think was fine. It tasted good. Don't get me wrong. I don't want that to sound negative. Like I had a good time drinking this. I thought it was it was really tasty, but I really didn't get the bread part of the banana bread. I think I get the like molassesy flavor. I think that comes through in the spice and the sweetness, but also you get some of that sweetness from just bananas that are of an age to be banana bread worthy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's totally good. I would buy this again. I'm I'm really yeah. curious to try some other Eagle Brewing products, like the sticky toffee pudding one. Really caught my eye when I was looking at their website. So I am really excited to try that one of these yeah, days. That would be that would be pretty good. Yeah. I- it's it, it's good. I mean, it's it's uh, like a a spat a spice a spiced banana lager. It's, it's a, a spiced banana lager. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it, it's good. Um, I it's good, but it's like I wouldn't seek this out again. I would I would buy this to be like, hey, do you like bananas? Hey, do you like beer? And <laughs> try this crazy beer. <laughs> it's a fun yeah. novelty, and it it is it is kind of gimmicky. Uh, but I think it's a, a gimmick that, yeah. that works, and it's better than you would expect. Yeah, when I say I would drink this again, I don't. I'm. I think I'm with Garrett. I don't know that I'm going to go buy this again. But if someone has it, or if it's somewhere I'm at, I might pick it Let's up again. Feed it. But to I'm not going to go out my way to probably pick up this this bottle again. <laughs> yeah, I this this could be fun to show mm-hmm. to your friends. A little novelty thing. Definitely. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, that's that's it for us for for now. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Cohops Podcast. Uh, if you like, you can send an email to cohopspodcast at gmail.com. And if you do, uh, let us know if you don't want your email read on the show, because otherwise we will do that. Um, yeah. And if we want to find you on the internet, Garrett, where will people be able to find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at gmank16. And how about you, Zach? I occasionally post on Twitter at ZachHasNoPants. And I am at nprinzing on Twitter and at nicholas.prinzing on Instagram. Thanks for sticking with us for this year plus, and uh, here's to the coming years being better than ever. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.